Hey everyone, it's Gabby and Danny and Manny and you're listening to Oye, Let's Talk. Wow, our music leads into this topic excellently. Today we're going to talk about something that everyone has probably seen the headlines about, a new popular movie, which I guess could be kind of old at this point, but still worth the watch, In the Heights. I know everyone's seen it, but Danny, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners a little bit about what it's about. I love musicals, guys. This is like my area of expertise. Um, So for those of you who are like me and are theater geeks, um, it's pretty much a modern day West Side Story. Um, In Spanish, it's called Amor Sin Barreras. Uh, It's a classic musical of up and coming young generation who emigrated from Puerto Rico to New York. Um, And well, even though that movie has like a Romeo Juliet story, there's a parallel in the background. Um, and the big thing is that New York is synonymous with living the American dream, so to speak. And it made a whopping $11.5 million its opening weekend. And that doesn't even include um, all the people who saw it on HBO, which is how I saw it. Um, but I remember seeing a lot of um, artists and actors and celebrities going on their social media, telling people to go watch the movie. So it was a very hype movie and mm-hmm. it was... People were waiting for it to come out. So basically, the creator of Hamilton and the director of Crazy Rich Asians birthed a modern-day, diverse, Linux blockbuster of our time. It was streamed, it had a streaming debut, and it had its own debut in movie theaters. So in the spirit of diversity, we brought along a guest today, and he's a very good friend of ours. Hansel, why don't you tell the people who you are? Welcome! (laughs) Hello, everybody. My name is Hansel Chacon. I am a Cuban-American, and I guess for the sake of the diversity, I'm a Black Cuban-American. Um, you know, came to the United States at the age of nine, grew up in Miami, and, you know, have lived in Gainesville, you know, Omaha now. Uh, so I guess I've, I've, I've been around a little bit, you know, for me, for my life. Fun yeah. fact, when we were in college, uh, one of our friends... We uh, designated him with the ethnic category of Black Cuban, but we shortened it to Bluebin. So it's our inside joke that Hansel's Bluebin, but no one knows what that is. But, you know, it's like an inside joke. But you make him sound blue. (laughs) I'm blue. So um, Hansel is our Bluebin correspondent for the night. Thank you. Thank you for, for joining us, Hansel. It's my pleasure. So if you all heard correctly, Hansel currently lives in Omaha, Nebraska, which means we're all in different cities and for the most part, different states. And we all saw this one movie because as Latinx individuals, we wanted to see what the hype was about. Okay, so without further ado, uh, warning, uh, spoiler alert coming to you now. I hate spoilers personally. So if you're like me and you're still waiting to watch the movie, haven't had the time yet, I highly recommend you turn this off now, pause it, and then come back to us later. Okay, we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of this movie. We have not spoken at all. Neither four of us have spoken what we think about the movie and when i asked hansel to watch the movie we did he just said oh i saw some stuff but we did he we haven't really all talked about it um i want to go first we're first going to talk about okay (laughs) let's get into it (laughs) we're going to talk about the good what we liked about this movie and i just want to be the first what did you like manny what did you like i got got the feels guys i got the feels i (laughs) I saw this movie and I saw so much part of my culture, my heritage, my traditions that I had never seen in a blockbuster movie. Like sitting in a movie and you're like thinking, you're like, no, like everyone in America, this is coming out for the American public. You know, it's not like a small local film that your favorite actors probably know it it was literally this all latino cast um it was just amazing it was amazing the food that was portrayed i loved loved this scene where um they're showing you what the grandma's cooking and they're like panning into like the food specifically and you're pointing out the the foods that you grew up eating and you're seeing it on the screen um, I love the abuela character, Abuela Claudia, because oh, she represented that one um, grandparent in your life where you went for advice and she would give you 
you know the stuff so um we love her oh shout out to her being cuban exactly yes yes i will say though manny that being a a, an individual that's not from the caribbean Mm -hmm. i don't know if you can say that you know the food that was seen was something that was predominant in my family like in my culture like i can see how you felt represented or like you know cubans puerto ricans dominicans yes, yes. but like there was no hot sauce there was no like <laughs> tacos enchiladas bistec empanadas stuff like that that i grew up with so in that sense i mean i still felt the representation through like hispanic food because i know the diverse types right, of food right. But, but not as closely as I did because I saw Caribbean right, food on exactly. there and I was like, that's my food. Yes, it was. The movie was definitely very Caribbean oriented, mm-hmm. even when they're like showing you the countries and the flags. Yeah. It's, you know. Except that one scene they at the very that. end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did preface that. But at the very end, they the the last song, I believe, talked about a bunch of other countries and they did talk yes. about Mexico in particular and they held out a mexican flag and i was like okay i guess that one line <laughs> i'm gonna put my a favorite song in the movie me too yeah. i'm gonna put a pin in that though because i want to yes. hear hansel what did you think about the film i thought the movie was very very good i and i'm not like a musical person i'm not you know i'm kind of sore of musicals i, I don't watch that many of them um, but I thought it was wonderful. The songs were great. And it, they, all the songs, you felt like you could stand up and dance to them. Uh, you could mm-hmm. just see the Caribbean influence. Um, I see what Danny means that it is very, like I said, Caribbean focused. A lot of like, you know, uh, you know, the island countries, you know, the, 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 the beach and the palms. And even here with his sueñito, that's kind of what it was about. Um, so I get I get the focus on that, um, but it did it so well. Uh, and despite you know some of the criticisms it may have gotten uh, in terms of representation, I think it portrayed uh, Hispanics, at least, at least Caribbean Hispanics, very very well. We're not at the bad yet, Hansel. We're not at the, the bad. bad. We're, yeah, we're, we're not not talking about we'll the good. No details. No details. <laughs> no details for now. Okay, Danny, why don't you go ahead and give us some more of your vibes here? Okay, so um, talking about El Sueñito, the American Dream. Um, was basically, you know, the title of the film. Um, basically being the product of your parents, your family emigrating to the United States, the struggle of not fitting in or being ashamed of standing out that I felt that that representation was very accurate. Um, and also the pressure to succeed again to pursue that American dream um, was very prevalent throughout. What about you, Gabby? So that <laughs> I'm getting to it right now. <laughs> so um, a lot of my stuff was very nuanced for me. Um, I really appreciated how they, yes, they focused on Caribbean culture, but there was a song and a moment where they honored multiple countries and flags and recognized that maybe they couldn't highlight everyone. Because to be honest, the film was very long and they had a lot of themes going there. <laughs> but the fact that they still gave a moment, because you can't represent everyone, like you can't do every single type of person correctly but they still found a moment to celebrate other ethnicities and i'm gonna like here's a major spoiler alert one panama was present daniela the woman who plays her daphne rubin vega she's panamanian and she's like i'm i am into musicals not as much as danny i will admit i would say like i'm in the middle level but she's an OG Broadway star. So to see a Panamanian who like struggled to get on stage just for acting and to see her in this film, like, and she's not like a young up and coming artist. She has like a whole storied profession behind her or career rather. I'm like, oh my gosh, Panama presente. Like, I'm so excited. What is this? <laughs> and I watched, I actually watched it with my fiance and his mom. So they were like cheering about it when the flag Aww. was showing up. Um, his mom actually recognized the actress. And she, FYI, she was Mimi in the original Rent. So if you haven't seen that musical, <laughs> oh, Rent is really, really great. I actually haven't seen that movie. That's like one of the only ones I haven't seen. Oh my God. No, it's phenomenal. But if you watch, like, I think it's on Netflix. If you watch the movie, she's not in it, but she was on the the original uh, play mm. or musical rather. The cameos were, gr- were great overall. I'll get into those in a second. And also like, yes, the American dream, 
but like DACA wasn't thrown in your face. The the fact of undocumented yes. people, like mm-hmm. I, there were so many people that I spoke with after, like a lot of my coworkers came up to me, like, did you watch In the Heights? Which I was like, okay, first of all, that's prejudice. But yes. <laughs> um, and, Wait, but and, why is it prejudice though? Just because like they every, assume you Everyone want- asked me, like, yeah, I think personally, yes. I think it's people like were- asking an Asian person to just see cra- uh, rich, crazy, crazy Asians yeah. because they're crazy Asian. Asian. Yeah, which mm. to be fair, like, people were talking about it, but it wasn't a group conversation. Like, people went up to me to ask me if I saw it. So <laughs> I thought that's what I thought was weird. Like, it's different if it's like, hey, who saw it in the right, heights? But right, it's like, right. Abby, what did you think? <laughs> like, some people assume. <laughs> Where's so- the Hispanic representative? <laughs> oh, Gabby. <laughs> but in, it was just really shocking to see how many themes I noticed and how many they didn't so that's how I knew they did really well like they were able to entertain the general audience but also speak to Hispanic Latinos and I found that amazing like the whole undocumented thing the idea of like the first generation like she didn't that wasn't shoved in your face like Mm -hmm. people understood but the struggle to be a first generation student which some of us are here and yeah I can just go on and on and on but of course we'll get there we'll get there I want to preface something Everyone mentioned like their their level of musicals, of their interest in musicals, and I'm not. I'm on the same boat as Hansel. I don't watch musicals. I remember watching Le Le Miz. Okay, I, I was I gonna hate, say I, hate, I was gonna I say that. that one is extremely long. Like and I felt like this movie. On. It's, yes, it does. It's, it's if you're not bad. into it, that's a right. really bad one to get into. But I felt like this movie. Definitely. Was a little was a little long, but honestly, Very like Harry palatable. Potter is way longer. Our musical yeah, yeah, yeah. is known to be long, normally. Right. Normally, yeah, they're on the and, longer. And to spectrum. that point, like obviously with Lim Manuel Miranda, you know, being the creator of the music, um, and being a fan of Hamilton, which was probably the first musical I ever thought was actually good. And that was. Long. And then seeing this, you're like, he really made it in a in a way that was palatable to. The general public you know not just musical lovers or latinos but just you know everybody real quick aside on limino miranda i loved his uh piragua song that song oh yes. my god no it's... that's in my bad section <laughs> really oh yes. i i that thing stuck in my head okay wait now that we're on this you know what do you all call shaved ice um, yeah um what do you call what Shaved ice. Rayado. I've heard it as rayado or duro. Oh, now duro frio is more like a popsicle. Um, yeah. I've heard frio frio too. No, yellow yellow rayado. Okay, so point is, piragua, I've never heard piragua. It, yeah, exactly. Which I um I was talking to one of my roommates because she's Dominican. I'm like, do y'all call it piragua? And she's like, no, I didn't hear that until I went to Puerto Rico. Her fiance mm. is Puerto Rican. And I'm like, well, Lee Manuel is also Puerto Rican, so this makes sense. So that's another example of how they really dived into the culture, but like mm. it, some things get lost in translation. Obviously, we're smart people, context clues, but <laughs> in in Mexico, it's raspados. I found it on Google. Yes, that's what it's called. That's that's another one. Mm-hmm. Going back to uh, Danny's comment about El Suenito, I just really liked the lottery number. Where like they're all thinking like who has the numbers and I feel like I could relate to that because like we've all been there where like you know like when the jackpot's really big and like your entire entire family buys tickets and like everyone's talking about what they would do with like the money so that was I felt like that was kind of nice and like like tying it back to what Danny said earlier about like the whole having the sueñito and having your little dream I was I really enjoyed that part. So fun. This is a small anecdote. But again, I watched the movie with Lewis and his mom. And then I brought it up to her that I'm like, oh, the lotto number thing reminded me of when I was freezing in the truck on Christmas night, the day of Christmas, the 25th, because you all went had to stop at a gas station at like 11 p.m. to go buy lotto tickets because Megan Mega Millions was up. And I'm like, (laughs) hashtag lotto numbers are serious. Like, it's a thing for us. And also going back again to El Sueñito, because they just mentioned it so much that I feel like it's such a big part of the movie. Um, It's that whole concept of working to survive, right? Um, And I love the fact that there's different types of jobs portrayed. You had the lady in the salon, you had, you know, their nails getting done. You had, uh, you know, the person that worked at the kiosquito on the street, you know, selling lotto tickets and cervecita. And there's just different types of jobs that, 
I felt like was very well-rounded. We even had the businessman at the beginning come into the kiosquito and like all of their world sort of like collide. Um, and then one last thing that I noticed also is that concept of longing to leave. Like we all want to explore and go our own way, but then we always mm. have that in the back of our minds, like, oh, when am I going back? Like that's home. That will forever mm -hmm. be home. Was anybody else bummed? I as happy, you know, it was a happy ending, you know, hit spoilers you know we're in spoiler territory uh him you know having uh, a daughter and staying there and supporting the neighborhood but was anybody else kind of a little bummed out that i'm like oh man so he's not living by the beach oh, that's that's totally <laughs> okay that is like gonna be my hot take of this episode <laughs> let's put a pin in it let's put a pin in it <laughs> okay i'm gonna wait but i like i have two pins now Does <laughs> two pins two pins um any any positives hands any positives uh the, like i said the music was very danceable my favorite song was also the you know asa la bandera song um uh, yeah. the way that hispanics were portrayed as gossipy i love that song the yes, you know tell me, me something i don't know the cheese no man. me digas no, i loved all of that part my fiance she was cracking up that entire song it's great and even like uh i love how because it the i think it's because it's new york and everything's so crowded and you actually have like that neighborhood everybody living together you can open your window and yell at your neighbor kind of feeling which really reminded me of cuba in some ways so i really like that representation where uh hispanics are very communal they're very uh they're very uh they support mm. each other can we talk about the i now i don't know her character's name but She's played by Leslie Grace, and I know her name because she actually came out with this bachata song like years ago, and I was obsessed with that song. But like nobody really knew that song, and then as soon as I saw her name, sorry, tangent. Can we talk about how the Leslie Grace character and her story arc with the pressure of college and her coming back home and her feeling like everyone's kind of like relying on her to make it for everybody mm -hmm. else did it how did you guys that was such a i felt super represented seeing that and that was pretty crazy it was it was very how did you guys feel about that i actually i feel like that's one of the parts that spoke strongest to me in the movie um which is why i, I think it just did such a good job um uh, it's just this funny little uh, anecdote where uh, my parents i you know growing up i I aspired to be a doctor. That didn't end up happening, obviously. Um, but you know, I had that I had that that career path for a while. And my parents, being Hispanic parents, and I'm sure you guys uh, have experiences, are very much like, yes, you know, doctor, good job, good prestige, you know, bring it up, and would tell the whole neighborhood that my son or daughter will be a doctor. Um, and it got to the point that I would go to the barbershop, and people would be like, hey, doctor, come on, I'd be like, huh? And <laughs> And that's just like, just that feeling of like, just pressure that, you know, obviously from their perspective, they don't feel like they're putting that on you, but you kind of feel like, oh, wow, maybe all these people are, they rely on me. Uh, you know, should I, do I have to, you know, if I don't achieve this goal that is, that I set up for myself, am I a failure? You know, things like that. So I really just, just vibe with that whole uh, theme in the movie. <laughs> I want to spend some time on this because I actually cried multiple times when she was singing and then the part with her dad, because she was talking about how pressured she was and trying to not go back to school because she missed her community so much. And I feel like being from Miami, yes, it's not the same as New York, but going to a predominantly white institution, I, I often went home to Miami whenever I could, and it was a six hour drive, but it was worth doing for the weekend because I wanted to be in community and being a first generation student, like everyone says, Oh, you have a degree or yeah, they're going to school. Like you're spoken so highly of. So when you have news that you're not doing that great, like you're not just disappointing yourself or your parents, you're disappointing so many people. And I remember my mom is the one who actually opened my degree. I, I didn't do it. And I remember being upset that I'm like, I worked so hard for this. And like, it came in the mail and you just opened it. And she's like, I just wanted to see what it looked like. Like, no. this is what it was for four years. Aww. And I, and like, I remember thinking like, I can't even be mad at my mom because she's curious about this. So seeing Nina and her dad being like, I will do whatever it takes to put you through school. Mm -hmm. And my dad kind of did the same thing. Like, thank God, no student loans. Um, I was just shocked. And it just resonated very deeply with me and her dad saying like, you have to do this. Yes, there's pressure, but like you're already seeing a future I don't see. 
And that to me was another theme of the American dream yeah, that he said that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that it's you're gonna mm-hmm. see beyond what I ever thought was possible. Yeah. And that's that's what our families yeah. try to give us. It was crazy seeing that story being told in a movie. Like mm-hmm. this is a very specific experience to you know, immigrants, not just our, I feel like, you know, other immigrant groups may face the same problem. And I feel like that's never been explored in a movie. I just, I was, it was mind blowing, to be honest with you. A thousand percent. I couldn't agree more. And I also feel like there's like a couple of scenes where she's sitting down with the dad and she's basically telling him like, listen, like I, I tried, I didn't fit in. And it's more than that. It's like, this is your money. And like, you already sold your business here. Like, like, she's very much aware of the spending, which I feel like is something that in our generation and us being Latinx um, individuals, we're very much aware of that, like money doesn't fall from the tree sort of thing, like you work hard for it. And even though this is a, a good investment, and you know our our families for the most part always treasure education and always say you know like nadie te quita tu educación your education is everything you know at the same time it's like well you've already given so much like you've given up so much of your life over there to be here for us and I can't allow you to spend this money and then it's also that back and forth of like well you're still the kid like you don't tell me what to do and how I get to spend my money so I think it was an interesting juxtaposition where it was like the the um, the roles of authority were very much um in the movie as well okay so we spent a lot of time talking about what we loved but the movie got a lot of criticism which if you did see it you probably know what we're gonna bring up but if you didn't please don't let this ruin the experience for you so i'm gonna bring up my hot take because i totally like look I love English literature. I love analysis. Like I got a five on my AP lit exam, just bragging here. Okay. But I really tried with analysis. It's very tough to appreciate things at face value and then to be like, wow, what the deeper meaning of this is. So the ending of the film, he doesn't go to DR, which was his whole entire dream. So I'm like, was it because it wasn't American? Like that, that kind of bothered me. Hmm. And then the second part was the whole idea or a, a huge theme in the film is people wanting to go away to better themselves. And Nina's the only one who does that. The other girl whose name I can't remember at the moment, but the love interest who eventually becomes the baby mama. Um, <laughs> wow. Wife. Wow. I don't know if they're married, but she, has she wants... She wants to go be a fashion designer, but she doesn't leave in the Heights, even though she's almost there. And he doesn't leave his bodega, Usnavi, the main character. So I'm like, wait a minute. Like the idea is you can still be happy within community. You need people to stay to keep the culture alive of Washington Heights. So I understood that. But the deeper meaning is, could you really have left? Like, or do things hold you back? Like, how do you move forward? Like all these things that when I took it on to a deeper meaning, and again, this is a hot take. The ending was excellent. I understand what they meant by it. But deep down, I'm like, wait, does this mean that some people can't leave? Does this mean that some people aren't going to reach the full fruition of their dream? And it's okay, like this is contentment, like, is that fine? And that's, that's where I struggled really tough, really hard. I'm like, do I like the ending? I'm not sure. I'm gonna let Hansel uh, go next. But I have a hot take on your hot take. And I can there's so much I want to say, but wow. Hansel, you go ahead. I'm following up on her <laughs> take as well. I'm just amazed by Gabby's analysis, but I'm just, I'm still blown away. Her... <laughs> no, I <laughs> think she put into words something that I kind of had in mind, which is what I felt like the movie, either there was no real conflict or no conflict was resolved. And, mm. and the whole time I'm thinking, well, what was the problem? Well, there was the blackout, but nobody, they didn't go to City Hall and like get the lights turned back on, you know, the, the lights just came back on and they're dancing. And I'm like, yeah. okay, but nobody's like, the character development is like, okay, you started with, you know, owning your shop, you ended up owning your shop. Uh, Vanessa, who I remember her name, started up living in the neighborhood, being a fashion designer, tried to move out. Nope, stayed in the neighborhood being a fashion designer. So kind of like how Gabby said, nobody went anywhere or really achieved what, what we were 
you know, led to believe that that's what they really wanted at the beginning of the movie and throughout most of the movie, to be completely honest. So I, I, I don't think it's that hard of a take. I'd say it's lukewarm take at, at best. I don't think it's that hard of a take. <laughs> <laughs> lukewarm take. Okay. So Donnie, Donnie. So here's my hot take on the hot take that uh, Gabby just said. So for me, the ending was whatever. Like in theory, yes, it, I guess, was a happy ending. Like the guy gets the girl, they have kids. They seem happy, but yeah, like Hansel said, not much was resolved or that's not understood. But I did see that like their contentment or happiness changed once the grandmother dies. Like that was a pivotal point in the movie, I feel, because they realize like the little things that matter. Um, I do think, Gabby, that dreams can change. And that's something that for some reason is frowned upon. It's like, you know, you dream to be a doctor when you're little or an engineer. And then as you go to college that dream like you either realize it was your parents dream kind of like what Hensel hinted at or it's like something that you realize is not for you um and even though Nina did leave did she really better herself by leaving because it seemed that when she came back she talked about how miserable she felt and how you know so the support of your community is everything and she felt like she didn't have that there she felt like she was misunderstood like people kind of stepped on her for being a latina um so i feel like it's not for everyone it's not and it's not to say that you shouldn't try it or if that's something that you want to pursue you should definitely but i feel like a lot of times you do that and you realize it's not for you and it's okay to come back i i like that i will sip your hot take that is tea that i will drink thanks so i actually i'm gonna agree with all of you guys and i spoke when i spoke to my girlfriend with after the movie we kind of agreed that it's not a strong plot and i think that's everyone agreed on that that the plot itself is not like you're not gonna go to the movies and be like oh my god the plot of this movie is so good you're gonna be amazed and like throughout the movie you kind of see like i thought at first at for at some point that it was going to be about the lottery like the entire movie they're looking for like the lottery ticket but then it's like no no one has it and then you think it's going to be about this but it's not but i think the movie itself and the it's not a about the plot or the overall story i think it's about the little stories about the little things about each character's journey it's not about the entire thing and i think i realized i'm like no the the character story within themselves is the plot not the actual whole thing and that he ends up you know not going but each of their trials and tribulations and how they kind of reflect on us yeah and i think um ultimately going back to the whole analysis thing that i was mentioning <laughs> earlier that some like a lot of writers or creatives just try to imitate life. And that's what it is at the end of the day. There's no plot because your life doesn't have a single plot. It has turning points. And I think that's what they're trying to evoke is that life is about all these different turning points and it doesn't end up the way you may expect it or the way you planned, but there's pivotal moments like Usnavi's dad dying when he was young, but him still like giving back to the community or Vanessa like struggling to get the place. But in the end, she ended up back at like Usnavi's bodega and deciding to finally give this guy a chance. Right. And then they got a future and et cetera. So that's what I appreciate about In the Heights, because it's it's bringing life to a community and giving different perspectives of how people in that community live their lives. A quick aside, not so much as a negative, but um with my fiance being on TikTok a lot, uh, when Nina when Nina first arrived and you know she comes home and she's having the conversation with uh, I call him Dr. Dre because you know he played Dr. Dre, uh, um, and he, and she goes, oh shut up, let me listen to my block, and then immediately mm-hmm. in my head I just started hearing reggaeton music because of the. <laughs> of the memes so i'm just hearing like gasolina in my head and she's like let me just my block and i could not stop laughing and every time she just did that i was like she's gotta stop doing that but those memes you didn't hear like an old cuban man in the background like oh yeah i'm sure you guys have seen those meme videos of like the simpsons and then they go they go into like this like loophole with their big earphones and it's like bad bunny in the background with like a whole psychedelic oh, yeah, thing. it's so funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right i'm sorry manny go ahead no no um so what's something else bad no what what's something else bad i can't well we can speak about i guess the elephant in the room that we okay. mentioned earlier which is uh the lack of afro latino leads and and at first I, I had a slight sliver of hope when dr drake came in um because i was like oh i was like oh wait never mind he's african-american 
Um, but aside from him, I guess Nina came the closest to actual uh, black represent uh, Afro Latino representation in a, in a, in one of the leading cast members uh, because there was plenty of background, you know, plenty of African Americans or Afro Latinos in the background dancing, doing all the all the cool stuff. So the neighborhood itself felt very diverse and very. Uh, very realistic in that sense. Uh, but as far as leading characters, it was still, like I said, Nina comes the closest and even she falls into the whole trope of like, okay, we have a strong black lead, but she's gotta be as light as possible. And she's gotta have the loose curly hair and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I, I, I didn't really bother me that much. Honestly, the movie did so well in so many other ways that it's not something that I was like, oh my God, I gotta, I gotta turn this off. Or right, how does Lin-Manuel, how dare does Lin-Manuel Miranda do this? You know, it, it's, it, it could very well be things that are out of his control. You know, he's a creative. He's got to deal with producers and executive and companies and all these things that very well could have been like, hey, we need a lighter cast to appeal to a wider audience. These things happen. I think like Hansel raises a good point because we don't know in what goes into all the decision making. But I think what a lot of the criticism I saw and what made me like read and try to understand a little bit is that Washington Heights is a predominantly black community. It is very Dominican and a lot of Dominicans are dark. I, I was looking at statistics and it's like more than 75% of them are. So to see a white Dominican is more common now, but relatively uncommon. So the fact that Usnavi was a white Dominican in a predominantly black community a lot of people who were from new york were criticizing it saying like hey thanks for putting up latinx representation but now everybody thinks that people in washington heights look like this or people are going to visit the neighborhood and not understand what they're seeing and even dominicans were kind of saying like you know thank you for making a main character dominican but that's not even reflective of most of our community and i just seeing it from that perspective like I think we're making strides in terms of representation, but it's important to get it right. And you have to understand that media does cultivate perspective on different topics and different types of people. So Caribbean culture was very much, I think, provided and highlighted in a very accurate manner. But I am concerned about whether or not like certain ethnicities were represented in the right way and overall the culture of Washington Heights because also one of the main characters only one of them was black I thought that was kind of like misconstrued too I will say that I had heard the criticisms prior to watching the movie so I think that influenced my perspective a lot um like I, I feel like I was pinpointing certain things that otherwise I would have noticed so Gabby you bring up a really good point like I didn't know all that statistic all those statistics about um, Washington Heights. So someone like me, for example, who I don't think I've ever been to that neighborhood in New York. I don't have family in New York who can explain like the whole gentrification that is that has been going on for years. Um, it's not something that I would sit here, you know, normally watching a movie and say, hmm, like that's not an accurate representation. Does that make sense? Like it's not something that stands out. But now understanding that point of view it's like, whoa, like, had I known or if I were living in that neighborhood, of course, I would want a lot more representation. But and back to your point, again, like, if we don't have that representation, we don't get it right. People like me will always have that perception of that specific neighborhood being that way. And it's not. I kind of want to backpack off of what Danny said. Uh, and, and, and it's very important to kind of like she said, when those things come up, when those arguments come up or when those complaints come up from people of that community, it's important to to listen to them. And that's actually one of the things that bothered me more so than the actual moment itself is the way some people reacted to the just the the questions of, you know, how, why isn't it more, you know, more Afro-Latinos represented in, in, in front and center in the in the movie? Um, and the one that stands out to me the most was uh, Rita Moreno. She went on uh, Colbert. And, it, and it's just how, kind of how she minimized it and was, you know, why can't they just wait? Or why can't you just kind of like a wait your turn kind of mentality? At least that's how I took it. Um, and, and I feel like that's even worse than not having a movie because then you're not, you're just minimizing other people's views, other people's opinions, other people's desire to be seen or represented in such a, you know, high quality production. For those who don't know really quickly, Rita Moreno was played Anita in West Side Story. So there's that parallel, even though she's Puerto Rican. Um, and, and she was the first Latina to win an Oscar for that yep. role. Um, she's actually the first and only Latina, I believe, 
and one of only five people that have won every major award, like Oscar, Emmy, Grammy, Tony. Like, she's amazing. She was but, mentioned in the movie, right? Yes, yes, that she was mentioned as like an icon. But yeah. Hansel, why don't you explain to our listeners um, her comments specifically? Her comments were that, and, I, and it kind of, it sounded like she was coming from like a, uh, like she knows Lin-Manuel personally, or like she was trying to defend him. And I get that. I get standing up for somebody that you believe had the best intentions, in which I said myself that I don't think it was him specifically. I mean, it could have been the whole, you know, cooks in the kitchen type of thing. Uh, but she specifically said, you know, why, why can't these people wait a little bit? Why do they, why do they have to complain? And, you know, she kept saying how it was such a beautiful movie and how well it was done. Why must these complaints come now? And, and that just sounds so dismissive. And I feel it like was, it was a, a, a bad choice of words, I will yes, say. To say the least. But I will also, I, I think that it's valid. It is very valid that there wasn't a, Darks that all the Afro Latinos who had main roles were light skinned. There wasn't an Afro Latino who was dark skinned. That is valid and that's true. And I think that not only this movie, but you could literally pick out any movie. You could always use more people of color. If it's not a Tyler Perry movie or a Shonda Rhyme show, that that piece of work probably needs more color, like more people of color behind the screen, in front of the screen, everywhere. True. But it doesn't, I, I don't want to be dismissive of the movie itself. Right. But I think what grinds my gears is that. <laughs> I die when you say that. What grinds my gears. <laughs> it's that, yes, I think we can recognize the faults that the movie didn't have enough Afro-Latino uh, Afro representation. But I think it shouldn't dwarf the importance of the movie, of having a movie of this caliber representing our culture okay it didn't get it right the, you know it didn't get it completely right and that's true and then we can be better and we can acknowledge that and be like hey you're right it wasn't that good right it could have been better but that piece of work can still be celebrated maybe it shouldn't be celebrated to its full extent but if you compare it to the first we just talked about the west side story half of those actors weren't even hispanic Half of those actors literally put on darker makeup to make themselves look. Go, go, go back and look at West Side Story. There's literally you want yeah, to talk about and the main guy was white, like he, yeah. you know, he was yeah. American, blue so eyes. It's, like it's not to minimize, you know, what the movie could have been. It could have been a lot better if we had that Afro Latino representation. But I think the movie can still be celebrated in other ways. Or am I wrong to think that? No, no I, I, I agree. I agree. And I think that it's the first of its kind too. like what we were sort of mentioning before, like we're making progress, we're, we're getting there, at least there, there's such a movie that at least made us all feel like, oh, my God, I've personally never seen this in a movie before. And we're getting there. Mm -hmm. I think that one of the reasons it's also important to not downplay uh, the complaints about things like uh, more Afro-Latino representation is because colorism is actually a, an issue mm -hmm. in the Hispanic community. I'm sure you guys have discussed this before um, about how it's even, uh, you know, it's seen as, you know, pelo malo and then comments like that about being darker skin or having, you know, more ethnic hair or more African-American hair, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, and, it, and, it, and by dismissing these things, you're just kind of like turning a blind eye on that whole side of the culture that is very important that we address. And that is very important that we, especially as all of us being younger, being the new generation, you know, don't pass thoughts like that down to our kids or their kids, you know, after that. Right. I agree with Hansel. I think that I think the bigger issue overall is like we just saw colorism on screen. And even though we're celebrating a film that is prideful of its representation, it lacks and perpetuates one of the issues within our community. I do also agree 100%. with Manny that like, I think what bothered me, and I'm going to speak personally here and speak from the eye. I do not speak for all the hosts of Oya Let's Talk. I did get really frustrated when people were just saying, this movie's trash, don't watch it, don't buy it. Because if we don't support film and entertainment like this, they're not going to make it. They're going to say, they're at the end of the day, this is a moneymaker. And if people aren't going to tune in on HBO or aren't going to go to the box office, then they're going to think our community doesn't need this. And that's kind of like the give and take, right? Change is slow. Change does not happen overnight. So it's good to criticize 
still put value in for what it's worth and then maybe don't go watch it two or three times or go like um, buy the DVD or something if people still do that. But uh, it still might be worth the watch. And that way for the next time, like we had West Side Story, we have In the Heights, it's setting the stage for the next story. And that's what we need. It doesn't have to, to, what Gabby said, it doesn't have to be a dichotomy of I hate it or I love it and I'm ignoring colorism. I think you can have both opinions. Hey, this movie is portraying colorism, but I still enjoy some parts of it. Agreed. My only other negative commentary is Usnavi. The main character's name is Usnavi. And for those of you who did not get it or don't understand it, that translates literally to U.S. Navy. And this is a running joke, at least from what I understand, from what I know in the Mexican community, like in Mexico, the people that we call nacos, like the very low class, like people that are uneducated or asquerosos or they, they just don't know about the world and they don't care to learn about the world. They could be ignorant. Um, they, for some time, named their kids Usnavi because they thought that they would blend in better. So I don't know if they didn't do their research or, but I don't know, for me, like right off the bat, I was like, wow, that's very ignorant. So it's funny that you say that because I had to explain this to a few people. Like growing up, I knew a bunch of Usnavis, but, no. or like, eh, or a eh, Coast Guard for Coast Guard. Like there's, from people who are, or Cubans, who were approaching or using wet foot, dry foot to land in Miami. And they were named after the ships that they came on, the people who rescued them, the agency that rescued them, Navy, Coast Guard. Some of them were like called Freedom or uh, Lady wow. Liberty for boats and stuff, Liberty. Um, so I just thought it was odd because personally, like I, I don't know about the Dominican diaspora. I don't know how they come to this country, but I just thought it was odd his name was Usnavi because I don't feel like Dominicans um, come here like on their own rafts or boats or like balseros. Hmm. So I was kind of confused and taken aback by that. I appreciated it because it was definitely something like and how they introduced it in the film. I'm like, yeah, that's actually definitely a part of like Caribbean culture like how you get your name sometimes is how you made it to america but i i didn't immediately connect it with the again the dominican diaspora i thought that was very i thought it was just a cuban thing personally hmm. i agreed i thought so as well so on a high note though um my name was said on film you guys like this is the first time ever <laughs> that i've heard my name daniela not daniel or danielle like, I felt represented. I don't know about <laughs> I'm you so guys. happy for you all. <laughs> it's just strange. Like, I don't know. I was like, wow, you know. It's the little, things. It's the little things. I think for me, the, the little thing that meant so much to me in the movie, it, it was the grandma, uh, as we mentioned earlier. I saw yes. my own grandma in her. And I don't care what color she was. She could have been any color under the sun. I would have seen my grandma in that woman because she was even down to the little like las servilletas that she wanted mm -hmm. to like clean. And I was like, oh, she's gonna pass those down. And then we saw them at the at the end in Usnavi's shop. I was like, oh, she passed them down. She passed away. Yeah, that that lady. Oh, she had my heart. Yeah, when her her, her when she died, that was like, oh, they did not just do this. It was coming. I saw it coming. <laughs> okay, it was so. Sad. So small anecdote, I decided to listen to the soundtrack on Spotify because I'm like, everyone who's a musical fan, which I'm friends with a few of those people, know all the songs already. So I'm like, oh, let me familiarize myself. And that's how I knew the movie was going to be long because the soundtrack was long. And I reached the song and I was like, I just spoiled the movie for myself. Oh, because it's Alabanza. <laughs> yeah, with I don't know, yeah, like I, well, like the song she sings, Paciencia y Fe. And oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, that my sounds like gosh. A, I'm about to die song. Yeah, well, it it like it goes in. If you listen to the soundtrack, like you can obviously pick up. But I started crying in the car, and I'm like, I stopped oh. it there. I was like, I can't know any further. But oh. the high note is she had a lot of. There was a lot of Cuban references in the film as well. Mm -hmm. So even though the Cuban culture wasn't like thrown in your face, like the regular cafecitos, whatever, like the the way they dressed, like when she the people on the subway, like that's very Cuban. The guayaberas and stuff, and the hats. And some of her references, and I, I really resonated with that. 
um and paciencia y faith i feel like a lot of people say that like patience and faith and that's very much a grandma thing to say mm -hmm. so i don't know i think like i know everyone has criticism but no one really has anything bad to say about abuela claudia <laughs> que abuelita no. siempre va a ser abuelita you know like, she was the matriarch Yeah. Guys, another another high note. I don't know if you guys noticed. Um, less again, Nina. Oh, Nina. Nina's hair going from straight to curly throughout the movie. Yes. Yeah. That was really. Oh my cool. gosh! I actually have a hot take about that because I feel oh. like way oh, more, Gabby. way more Rasta. Latinas have. No, no, it's like a it's a small one, but like for the for hair salon being part of the film, I felt like not too many people have curly hair and like realistically a lot more latinas have wavy or curly hair there was But a lot of it's, straight it's hair. about representation then then if they had all straight hair then it's like yeah but they live in what? new york reminder like i feel like new york has this pressure of like looking a certain way also and like i remember like i have a, i have really really curly hair and a lot of people don't know that because i always straighten it i always blow dry it when i'm on tv like it's you know 90 of the time it's straight if not wavy um so i feel like it's very like ingrained in us that like to look beautiful or to look pretty or whatever like your hair yeah, that's straight looks hair. more professional straight yeah, yeah i agree but yeah but well that's what i'm saying like it just perpetuates like when, we're we're in the natural hair movement i'm like dang like i i'm glad nina did have curly hair like in some occasion but i thought it was going to be like brought up a little bit more like i had that expectation it's it's not the worst thing i'm not like super butthurt but i'm like dang everyone really got a lot of straight hair in this movie and like y'all have a salon like <laughs> segment too whatever well it um, moves though you know <laughs> however i do want to get into like some of the cameos for people like this is a major spoiler alert but i'm going to explain some of the cameos in the movie because oh, that yeah. was the part that i really loved um when nina is walking through the neighborhood and two a uh, set of parents come out of an suv those are lin manuel miranda's parents so i thought oh. it was great that he included them because they got to see like their son come up What? um that's cute I'm a huge fan of my of Maria Hinojosa. She's a Mexican American journalist. I always listen to her podcast, Latina USA. When they were when I think oh I forgot the kid's name. When Nina and Sunny is his name? Yes, Sunny. When Nina and when Nina and Sunny go to the protest, the lady on the megaphone is oh, this journalist. Yes, yes. yes. She has the one of the longest standing public radio shows. And it has shifted to a podcast. It has evolved over time. And she is a very, very well-known journalist. And she only focuses on Latinx issues. So I thought it was like, what a great, like, I follow her on Twitter. I listen to her stuff all the time. And I'm like, she never said she was in this movie. She kept it under yeah. wraps. I totally missed all those cameos. What? I, I no. noticed, Gabby, I didn't know her name. But when I saw her, I'm like, I've seen that lady on TV. She's, I know she's an activist. And I've, you know, I've seen her in news. It, it was great, phenomenal, and she does a lot. Like she tries to highlight um, the undocumented experience a lot, and she's really, very much an advocate for it. So I just thought that role fit excellently with her. And then another person, which if you listen to our Pride episode, Angel mentioned it, Valentina. Valentina was on season nine of RuPaul's Drag Race, and the I think season four of the All Stars season. Valentina, as Angel mentioned, really fights for LGBTQ plus representation. She identifies she, her, hers, and as a non-binary person. And she's very prominent, a drag queen. She's very prominent about living both experiences, being part of the LGBTQ plus community and the Latinx community. She's the one in the sunglasses sitting in the salon. Oh... I, they were they were giving her a lot of attention. I'm like, is that someone we should know? It was a cameo because uh, it, it was to have that re the non-binary representation. Was she the one that Very was like, oh, tu pelo no te puede hacer esto or this and that? The one that they were working on, I think. I don't remember her very clearly, but I, it's like right when she walks into the salon and like the lady who's working on the person. They, they turn her around in the chair and she has super short hair and brings the sunglasses down like, Ugh. oh, like yeah. Yeah. So that I thought that was great. Like they really were very intentional about the cameos. And then also, if you're a Hamilton fan, you may have noticed one or two characters. But I'll leave that up to y'all to watch. But can we talk about the biggest cameo, Gabby? We saw freaking Mark Anthony on the freaking screen. Yes, I was like, Is that Mark Anthony? What? 
I watched okay. a movie with uh, a friend of ours from here in Omaha, and Sarah and I we looked at each other like, I was like, that's Mark Anthony. And she's like, huh? You don't understand the gravity of this man's cameo. That's Mark. Look at him dancing. Look at him. Yeah, Hansel, why don't you tell people who Sarah is? Uh, Sarah is my fiance. Uh, and I guess if I want to touch on another little negative of the movie, it's uh, like the Caribbean focus. You know, uh, my fiance, she's Peruvian and German. And Peru is not a country that gets a lot of spotlights or a lot of screen time when it comes to movies. Uh, and, you know, and I'm Cuban. We're at the center of a lot of political issues <laughs> and cultural issues. And we're super close to the country anyways. So, you know, we're front and center a lot of time. But I, I feel like maybe we give a little more South American representation in the next movie. Just, you know, a little. Let's <laughs> pin on that one. Because Peru's not dramatic. They don't get any attention. South America gets soccer. (laughs) That's enough. But actually going back to the Mark Anthony point. So for those of you who haven't seen the movie, it starts off like showing his arm. And Lewis's mom was like, oh. Mark Anthony, like she says it like automatic, and she's and I go, how did you know that? Me and him are looking at her. He's oh his face God. isn't even on screen, and she's like, no, I recognize the tattoos. Oh, no, <laughs> she's a real <laughs> fan. She's a real fan. But think about like how big Mark Anthony is that we know and celebrate him, and mm. our parents know and celebrate mm. him. <laughs> Also, For I like sure. that Celia Cruz was mentioned when they were going yes. to the icons. It was like, I was like, oh my God. I love yes. how the little kids at the end like memorized like all the prominent uh, leaders yeah. and stuff. And they yes. even mentioned the the latest U.S. Supreme Court justice. Yes, the little Sonia. girl ad. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was cute. Yeah, that was so good. So good. That was really good. It was so, all women, no? Yeah, because yeah. they were, it was a point. I was just reading up on that too because I'm like, why don't you mention men? But it's because a lot of women don't get highlighted, and that's why he had a girl and not a little boy, and it was a lot of mm, details. Good for him, and see, and that's wow. and that's why I I don't want to you know throw these like oh Lemon Miranda, he's obviously very conscious of you know trying to be you know fair and representative of at least his community. So as Hansel just said, this movie was made with a lot of intention. It still has strides to make, but that's where you come in. Oye, we know it's not over with just In the Heights. So go ahead and grab a cafecito, keep creating and dreaming so we can put more Latinos and Latinx peeps in the spotlight. I freaking hate that song. 